Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Well, this is Sunday morning in the Word. In the presence of the Lord one more time. And we're here to study the Word of God systematically. I know that we are in for a treat because we're going to finish well, not necessarily finished, but we're going to continue our study on the lifestyle of love, or love as a lifestyle. We've been on this for some time. On this for some time, and the Lord has truly been blessing us on this journey as we are developing the love of God. And I'll tell you personally, when you go to preach about it, you're going to get tested in it. So be encouraged. Um, you may have some hiccups, but God be glorified anyway. You just keep pressing on. Amen. Now, uh, we have a lot to cover, but um, I want to encourage you to join us next week as we continue on the lifestyle of love, and hopefully by the end of the month we can we can get into some new subject matter. Um, but this is becoming a a great tool for the kingdom of God for us to grow and develop in. All right. Well, let me pray, and then I'll get right into the lesson. We have a lot to cover. Um, make certain that you have your notebooks out. We're going to deal with point number two in this lesson. And I guess the Lord is, 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 is changing the format a little bit so we can make certain that the information that is given is transmitted to you systematically. Amen? Well, let's pray. Father, we praise you and thank you for this day, knowing that this is the day that you have made me rejoice in the glad. We thank you for another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do lean and depend on that Holy Spirit, which gives me evidence and utterance to speak what only you would have me to speak. Holy Spirit, I say, have your name. Do it only you can do, anoint the people's ears to hear the Spirit and what the Spirit has to say to the church. And Father, in everything that shall be accomplished and revealed, you be glorified. For it is in the name of the Lord Jesus that we be praised you and give you glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Love as a lifestyle. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 is our foundation, and we'll read um, verses 1 through 6 in Galatians chapter 5. It is such a wonderful experience to be found in Christ and to know the advantages of what we have in being in Christ. But in doing so, we learn that there's a lifestyle that comes along with that name. And Christ is not Jesus' last name, but it's indicative of the power that he possessed and transferred to us to govern ourselves. And that power can be coined under the concept of the love of God, which is a lifestyle. It says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised 
that he is a debtor of the whole law. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye have fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision avail of anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. And so we understand that faith without faith is impossible to believe God. Anyone that comes to God must believe that he is. God is love. John 4, 24 says God is a spirit. And it also says those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We talked about love and, and the purpose is to discover really how love works according to the scripture and it fell in his love. And the scripture lets us know that love or faith working by love, and we can also interchange that uh, love working by faith. And so uh, the principle of, of, of faith really is the principle of love. Love is acted upon. You see, faith is an action. Now faith is. It's an action. It's an action on what you believe. Of course, you know, verse 3 verifies that in Hebrews 11 says, by faith the others obtain a good report. What was the good report? That they operated on what God told them to do, and God blessed them as a result. And and, and God blesses us. So we talked about uh, love liberating us to a new creation reality because that's what's happening. When Paul is writing to the church of Galatea, he is telling them that your, your love has liberated you so much if you're in Christ that it don't matter the, the rituals that people try to remind you of to distinguish you from the Gentile and the Jew. So you got to understand, Paul's revelation was that the same Christ that restored the Jews that they didn't receive would be the same Christ that would unite the Gentile with the Jew and become one people by faith in Christ. See, his message was to the Gentile. So he, he's proving here that your, your customs that distinguish you culturally and ethnically don't, don't defy the law of love or the lifestyle of love. And God wants us to empower what we know to be God's love. Amen. Now, when we talk about that, we talk about five things taking place in our creation reality. We talked about how we traded our nature. From natural to supernatural, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature or creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. We resolve to be spirit there. We resorted to, to be true and a repentant heart, and we renewed our mind towards things of God. We also said that we trust in the Holy Spirit. We trust in the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we're trained in the righteousness of God. We trace the truth of God's word through receiving the teaching of the scriptures, and then we've transferred authority to Christ. We've transferred authority to Christ. And then also we talked about the taming of the tongue. Now, that's one of the most powerful things, um, but the next one is the really most powerful thing where we're going to spend a little time on. And that is we talked about adapting to the standard. When we talk about taking the tongue, we're not just talking about talking. We're talking about your conduct, your commitments, and your convictions. And, of course, you can refer to James chapter 3. Now, you can also write down 2 Corinthians uh, 5.17, 1 Corinthians 2.14, John 16, 10-17, and James 3.18. Those are, those are so far the first three 
in trading natures, trusting the Holy Spirit, and taming the tongue. Adapting to the standards of with adapting to the standards of God's conduct, abolishing common tendencies of defilement, and altering language to faith. And what people have tried to do is they try to immediately alter the language of faith without really adapting to the standards of God. Which means you got to discover the standards of God. And of course, you know, Galatians go over the works of the flesh um, in um, verses 16 to 21. And it also gives you the fruit of the Spirit, which is verses 22 through 26. Then it talks about the love of God enacted upon. Bear ye one another's burdens so you can fulfill the law of Christ. In, in Ephesians chapter 6, so it goes on and, two, and it keeps going and going and going. So part of this is when we trade natures, we trust the Holy Spirit to tame the tongue, okay? But now we get into this part that I really just brushed over, and I didn't really have time to really indulge in, and that is the transformation of the heart. Of course, you know, the heart, in the, when, you're, when you're not in saved or born again, your heart is hardened. And, of course, the spirit, uh, you, you have like a heart of stone. You become defiled to the things of God. But when you become born again and renewed in the knowledge of the truth, God transfers that heart. He prophetically declared it in Ezekiel 36, 26, where he'll give you a heart of flesh, which is heart sensitive to the things of God, and, and the, versus a heart of stone. Of course, you can confirm this in Hebrews 10, 22, Matthew 22, uh, 27, and Ezekiel 11, uh, 19-21. We know that the pure in heart will see God, Matthew 5, 8. We also know that the Lord searches the heart and he rewards those according to the state of their existence, to the state of the heart, Jeremiah 17, 10. We know that the word of God, when it's, in that, when it's connected to the heart, will discern the intentions of the heart, Hebrews 4, 12. And we know that we're to guard our heart because out of it flows the issues of life, Proverbs 4.23. And then we got to go to this one scripture, First Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. We're talking about the transformation of heart. And when we talk about the transformation of heart, we are aligning our conviction of what Christ, what we've learned from Christ. And we're advancing through obedience to, to, to the truth, and then we're abandoning alienation from the life of God. Now, turn to Timothy chapter 1, verses 5. Amen. Good morning study. Amen. But it says this. <laughs> I like to start back at, <clears throat> at verse 4. Okay. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith. So do. Now, the end of the commandment, is love, or King James says charity, out of a pure heart and out of a good conscience and out of unfeigned or faith, unfeigned. Now, in that, in that one, they give what God is looking for when a heart has been transformed. When a heart has been transformed, you get three things. First of all, there's a purity that comes out of it. Secondly, there's a good conscience. See, when people adapt easily to the things of sin and carnality, it's because their conscience has been seared 
like a hot iron, according to Romans chapter 1. But we know that God is looking for sincere faith, and when he says sincerity and faith or faith unfeigned, which means a, a person who is driven with that good conscience and purity to adapt and to adhere to the things of God. Because that's the part I want you to understand, because if you don't get that one, you won't be able to be trained in righteousness, which is number five. The transformation of heart is clear, that, that man looketh on the outward appearance, God looketh on the heart. The love life, everything is, 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 is fashioned and ordained in the heart. So I had to take some time to really uh, uh, find that, and that's training in righteousness, Second Timothy 3, verse 16, translating the divine life of Scripture, of the divine life scripturally, transforming behavior to our commitment to Christ, and transferring the Lordship to submitting to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. All right? Now, let's get into part two, and we'll, we'll, we'll actually get to about two or three major points, and then um, we'll go from there. Now, let me read point number one again. Now, let me read all three points so you know where the series is going, okay? And that is we are unlayering the lifestyle of love, okay? And what love does is it transfers us or it liberates us, number one, it liberates us to new creation reality. It liberates us to new creation reality. Point number two is love, the love of God, compels the light of the gospel when reflecting on the compassion of Christ. Okay? And then number three, the love of God brings about divine perfection when the believer slides off of preserving or preserving the revelation knowledge it receives. Okay? So we're talking about perfecting, and we're talking about the compassion of Christ, and that's what we're going to deal with today a little bit. And we're going to pick it up next week, and then by the end of the month, we'll 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 complete this this perfecting process and kind of introduce introduce us into some new concepts. Now, I want to remind you that love is a lifestyle. Okay, the lifestyle of God that God intends for every believer to embody is his conviction, his compassion, and his character. And the lifestyle of God demands that our beliefs and our actions and our commitments are consistent and characterized by the things of God. And this is the lifestyle of God. And, and I'm saying the lifestyle of God because God is love. Love is his lifestyle. So when we talk about love, most people think love is sex when it's really his life. <laughs> All right. Now, and then the love of God achieves godliness through daily, through a daily use and exercises, having the promise of what is and what is to come. And I've talked about there's two principles <clears throat> that love always carries. First of all, the principle of honor. When we honor God, our guardians, our government officials, we honor the act of giving, and we honor godly relationships. 
And when I say godly relationships, I'm not just talking about people in church. I'm talking about your family. I'm talking about your friendships. I'm talking about every every person you can find. Okay? So the principle of honor is what causes us to link to this lifestyle of love. But in addition to that, love is seen as a principle of justification of faith. Okay? And and that's what we mean because when when we operate in compassion, it's because we've been justified by faith. What happened? We renewed our mind. We removed, renewed our mind to the things of God. Because I don't want you to think compassion is just an emotion that you express to be good. That's not compassion. Compassion is a revelation of the justification that you have by faith, and it compels and it orders you to comply to the standards of God. That's a whole other revelation. And that's where people fail because they, they move with their emotions. They think that one day they walk down the street, see a homeless person, give them a couple of chains, that they, they operate in compassion. That's not compassion. That's empathy or sympathy. And there's a big difference. Compassion is, is a compound word. you got a compass that you move according to. Our compass is the authority of Christ that governs us to move in the power of the Spirit, which is, which is all the same thing. The authority of Christ is the Holy Spirit. Christ is the Holy Spirit. And the authority, we're authorized to be moved in the Holy Spirit because we're led by the Spirit. <clears throat> so love is a principle of justification by faith, which causes us to renew our mind, to develop life standard with God, and to also have a revelation of our redemption. Because, see, if not, you'll get distorted and think every time you, you know, have an emotional attraction to, to someone, you're in love. That's not love. That's flesh. You need to know the difference between love and sex because a lot of people have distorted that and made sex love, and sex is not love, and love is not sex. And love is not just expressing emotions, and neither is compassion just expressing empathy. Compassion is a, an authoritative move to operate in power. Jesus was moved with compassion and he prayed for the sick. What, what was the moving of his heart? The prompting of what his father told him to do in that given situation. Because he already told you, I would do nothing but what my father does and say nothing but what my father said. All right. Now, I've got to wrap it up. When we talk about the compassion of Christ, we need to go to Ephesians, or no, let's go to Colossians chapter 2. Um, let's go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. I don't have time to read um, all 13 verses or 10 10 verses when we read 2 through 13, but I do want to highlight some things in there, and then we will pick it up next time. Amen. All right, very quickly, Colossians chapter 2. And it says, uh, let's go down to verse, 
Well, let's let's read verse two and then go down to verse six, and read six and seven, and then we'll go down to thirteen and what you call. But here it says, verse two it says that their hearts might be comforted and knitted together in love unto all the riches and the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all treasures of all of wisdom and knowledge. Now go down to verse six. As as ye have there as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus, so walk ye in him, rooted and built it up in him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught abounding therein with thanksgiving. Faith works by love. Now go to verse twelve. And I'm reading the wrong chapter, but it's still good. Let's keep reading. We're buried with him. Now this is just identifying how we are connected with Christ. Um, but we're buried with him in baptism. We also are risen with him through faith in the operation of God, who has raised him from the dead. And ye being dead in your sins and uncircumcised in your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you of all your transgressions, blotting out the handwritten ordinances that are against us, which are contrary to us, and took us out of the way, nailing them to the cross, and having spoiled principalities and power, made to show them openly, triumphing over them. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or drink, or in respect of a holiday, or a new moon, or a Sabbath day, which are a shadow of the things of God, but the body is of Christ. So he's letting you know that if any man be in Christ, you're a new creation. He would formerly use through your new creation reality. Now let's go to verse um, 3, chapter 3, verse 1. If you be risen with Christ, seek those things were above, where Christ is seated, uh, uh, seated on the right hand of God. Set your affections on the things above, not things on earth, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Here you go. Um, uh, verse 12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, vows of mercy, kindly, humbleness of mind, meekness, long suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another, even if any man have any quarrel against any, even as Christ has forgave you, so also do ye. And above all things, put on love, which is the bond of perfectness. Amen. Now, I don't have time to really indulge in it. I got two minutes. Now, here he gives us seven reflections of God's sovereignty through the lens of love. Holiness, vows of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long suffering, and forbearing, verses 12 and 13. The compassion of Christ is the force of love to display the honor of God's supreme characteristics that we are committed to. All right? Now, that's what I wanted to uh, put, therefore, on as holy beloved. Vows of mercy, kindness, humbleness, and mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another. So, holiness, vows of mercy, kindness, humbleness, and mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing is reflecting God's sovereignty or God's motive on God's means to exemplify his character. And you have to have supreme characteristics committed to God. Now, that's your part that you do. You, you, holiness means you're separated to God. Vows of mercy means you extend mercy at all times. You're kind. You have humility or humbleness of mind. Meekness, that means you're easily entreated. Long-suffering, that means that you're not easily offended. And forbearance, that means you have fortitude, stability, you're steadfast. 
unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Because a lot of times we talk about we move with compassion, but we don't have the characteristics of God. And that's what compassion is ruled off of. That's the authority, God's sovereignty. God's sovereign will exemplified to his people is, is, is revealed in those seven characteristics in Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 13. And he reminds us in chapter 2 that we are in Christ. And because we are in Christ, we, and we have that new creation reality, we can approach those things spiritually and supernaturally. Amen. I'm out of time, but I'm not out of the content. We're going to come back on Thursday and continue this teaching because there's a lot more to cover in part two. Amen. Well, Father, I thank you for your word because I know your word doesn't fall on death ends, but it accomplishes that which you please in purpose. And we trust you, Lord, that this this word will transform us from the inside out, that we would be found in you, having the promises of what is and what is to come. And for that alone, we give you praise, honor, and glory for it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we praise you and give you glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, God bless you, and I'll see you on the next uh, broadcast. God, God bless you and have a wonderful Sunday. Amen. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.